Welcome to the Exploring Brew Pub podcast, where we explore, taste, discover everything our great city has to offer. This is Mike Doble, and I really appreciate you listening. Welcome to the Explore, Taste, Discover podcast. This is Mike Doble. We're here at the Exploring Brew Pub in Greendale. And I'm joined by Andy Tarnoff from Mon Milwaukee. Welcome, Andy. Thank you for having me. I would have thought that the name of the podcast would have the word Explorium in it. No, we're the Explore, Taste, Discover podcast. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah, well, it's our tagline, right? I mean, we, you know, our whole thing is to step outside of your comfort zone, explore, taste something different, discover something new that you might like. Okay, well, and, um, I'm, I'm really in my comfort zone right now. Right on. Um, and, you know, we don't, I, I, I really don't want this to be an Explorium podcast as much as I want oh. it to be something about the great city we live in. Oh, that I can talk about. I can and, talk about that all day. And I don't know anybody better I'd like to have on the podcast to talk about the great things going on in Milwaukee than the founder of On Milwaukee. Andy Tarnoff. Well, I don't know anywhere now, I'd I'm rather sure... be today than talking about about Milwaukee and on Milwaukee okay, while so... I'm drinking an on Milwaukee beer. Andy, tell me about on Milwaukee. How did it start? Where did you come from? Who were the people that were there with you? Because you don't do this in a vacuum, right? I certainly do not do this in the back of vacuum. Tell me, man. Uh, I did. I did 25 years ago uh, when I moved back to Milwaukee from the East Coast. I was born here. I grew up here, but I lived in New England and Washington, D.C., and then moved back after college in 1996, and I had a chip on my shoulder. I, I saw Milwaukee changing. I thought, you know, this is more than a city of beer and brats, even though I love beer and brats, uh, but it was going through a transition. and Like um, a negative transition? A or? great transition, okay. because I think that prior to that, you know, the whole blue-collar Rust Belt thing was all we were known for. And my friends on the East Coast in Washington, D.C. were saying, you know, uh, why are you moving to Milwaukee? And I didn't have a great answer for them. I wanted to show them something. I wanted to send them a website, but there were no websites. Oh, that's, so I, I, that, that's you know, that's a perspective I've never heard. I mean, if you think about 1996 through 1998, there was no Google, there was no social media, there was no nothing. So I was thinking, like, what, do I mail them, like, the green sheet? Do I mail them Milwaukee Magazine? I'm like, first of all, do I mail... Even if I were to mail them these things, it wouldn't be telling the story that people in their 20s at that time were experiencing as Milwaukee was coming into its own. Uh, I, mean, I remember the old Lakefront Brewery tour when it was on in River West and thinking, this is so Milwaukee, you know? Right. And they were the only ones back then. And, and I was like, I, I can do this. I have a history and a background in journalism and communications and web design and PR. I can do this. Okay, so you created a website called On Milwaukee. I did. Did people know what a website was at the time when no, you created it? No, they didn't. So fact, how, did, how did you, so I mean, I have a lot of questions. How did you promote it? How did you, did you put it in print media or did you So we never did people? print. And the reason we never did print was because I was told it was too expensive to okay. get a printing press. Right. right. So I was told that doing a website was cheap and easy. Right. L little did I know. Right. 25 years later, 15 yeah. employees, you know, servers up the yin-yang that right. it probably would have been a lot cheaper for me just to, to run a print publication. Right. But um, at the time... It was something that I knew. I knew that it was starting. The dot-com bubble was just beginning. This was pre-Google. Right. We launched a week before Google launched. Wow. So I quit my job in public relations on April 7th, 1998. I remember that day because it was opening day at County Stadium. 
And I remember thinking, self-employment's awesome. <laughs> the next day, I was like, I better start making some money on this thing. Right. So we spent, well, I spent the summer between April 7th and September 1st building the site, talking to everyone, recruiting anyone I could find, whether it would be interns or business partners or everyone I knew in my network. And most of them said it, could, it couldn't be done. They said, why would you need a newspaper? I said, right. we're not a newspaper. Right. We're a city guide, we're a magazine, but we're online only. So what were the, what were the first kind of, I mean, I mean I, I'm going I'm to characterize them as articles, but yeah. maybe it was blurbs or maybe, I don't know what form the website was because I didn't, you know, I moved to Milwaukee in 98, so I wasn't there in 96 when you started and to see what it looked like. But, yeah, I mean, so what kind of articles, what, what did more, you write about? It was more of a city guide okay. than a magazine in the beginning. And it was about, um, you know, the brewery tour guide. I remember okay. writing that one. And it was, a, you know, it was listings. It was like an online yellow pages. But So your brewery listing guide was Miller and Lakefront and existed at the time? Yeah. And I was like, this is not going to work. Yeah. So we very quickly pivoted right around the time of launch to, to start writing articles and guides. And I fell back on my history and experience in journalism, both from the college newspaper and from the Dallas Morning News Washington Bureau and working at the White House. And I dusted off my journalism skills and we started writing. And the amazing thing is September 1st, 1998, even though it was a very special day, it's not like there was you know a ribbon cutting or anything. All I did was FTP, a, a, a index.html to our server, and up went the site. Right. But because no one else was doing this, people started going. Okay. Uh, there was no paid SEO. We didn't have any money, obviously. This was all self-funded. Right. So uh, it was organic. But the difference probably between our success and our failure is that because we met with everyone, we took every meeting, we worked with every nonprofit to highlight them, uh, we were so grassroots that we relied on partners and friends and everyone we knew to, to hype us up. And within a few months, uh, we started seeing real traffic. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And we did that for several years before we met our first. So, what investors. was your what was your first like super memorable high impact? Oh my God, we had like ten thousand people look at this article. What was it? What was the subject? I wrote an article called hundred Things to Do in Milwaukee." Okay. I remember because we were at my apartment on the east side before we had our first office because obviously we couldn't afford it. And I had two business partners that I brought in from my previous PR career. They did not have journalism backgrounds, so I was doing most of the writing. And it was like literally like sitting in front of my computer thinking like, what are a hundred things I like to do in Milwaukee? And that was our first viral sensation because no one had ever written it. So we took that and turned that into a franchise, so 100 things not to do in Milwaukee, 100 things to do uh, with your kids in Milwaukee, 100 old school Milwaukee memories, and we had dozens of these things. And back then, I mean, you know, again, it was like Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves right. and Lycos and Yahoo wow. and stuff. But uh, it was organic, real content, and it was good journalism, so it, it actually went viral. Um, yeah. And we did it that, that way for two years. And fortunately, we met two angel investors from Milwaukee who pumped in a little bit of money. They're still with the company today. And then we could do things like advertising campaigns and right. hire professional journalists like Bobby Tanzillo and Molly Snyder and hire programmers and designers. But before that, I was building the site in HTML every single day. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, Bobby, 
you know, I know Bobby well because he writes in the beer scene, yeah. typically. I mean, he does his he urban spelunking. Every- he writes about everything. He writes about everything, but I know him because kind of like when there's a new beer thing, he's the guy that calls me. And Bobby's delightful. I consider him a dear friend. I mean, he's a really good guy. How long has he been with you? Uh, I hired him. Uh, we went to the old East Sider on, uh, on the corner of Oakland and North and uh, over five Guinnesses. <laughs> we walked in at an, in an interview and we walked out with a job. That was uh, July 3rd, 2000. So I guess he wow. is on, he just completed his 23rd year. So he is technically my first or second salaried employee, but he is certainly the one with the longest tenure. And you're right. He writes about what he loves. Right. And that's why he's so genuine. So he's yeah, a great, no, he, can, he's, he can write about anything. Oh, he's great. But he can, he, he loves architecture. He yeah. loves beer. He loves whiskey. He loves history. He loves the Milwaukee public schools. But, you know, you can also say, go, hey, Bobby, go write a sports story and he can do it. Right. He is, he's the guy who, um, when things were tough, I would, I would we, cry we call on his him, shoulder. We call him the Swiss Army knife. Yeah, and, and he's he's just, I mean, With the we've, we, our, our kids are friends. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sitting here looking at this on the lot. So, yeah, the, okay, just, so that's, like, that's the issue at I'm hand, full right? full of nostalgia. Okay, so we're at the Exploring Brew Pub in Greendale, and this podcast is probably going a lot longer than we normally well, do for podcasts. Well, it's really good. And I, think. I, well, I mean, here's the thing. When you have content that's valuable... It's worth spending the time talking about it, listening to it, documenting it, because um, people don't know this, but over the course of the last six years, um, I've had a kind of a love-hate relationship with On Milwaukee. I don't know about the hate part. Well, hate's a strong word. I shouldn't say hate, but a love indifference towards On Milwaukee, because you know when we first started, On Milwaukee was very, very good about documenting what we were doing. I mean. We were this crazy couple, and Joan's, Joan's here somewhere, but she's not here present in the podcast. But, you know, we had this crazy idea of opening a brew pub. It's not a crazy idea to open a brew pub in Milwaukee, but it was super nuts to open it in Southridge Mall in Greendale. And some of your staff took a keen interest in, wow, who are these people? Yeah, are it they, sounds like the love part. Are they brilliant or are they nuts, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of press, and it was all very positive, and it was really cool, and your staff was super great. But... I didn't hear a lot from on Milwaukee in a lot of the interim, right? And it's like, why don't they pay any attention to us? I was the guy that always says, oh, well, on Milwaukee, Shepherd Express and all these places don't pay attention to anything that's east of, you know, 94 yeah, or west of 94, you know, whatever, yeah, right? For sure. But very unfair. And it's in, not unfair. It's just there's more going on. There's just a lot more going on. It's, and, hard, you it's know, harder to write about Brookfield. It's harder to write about Waukesha because there is not as much going on. That's as there fair. Is downtown, north and south of that. So, but I find myself here at Southridge Mall waving my arms, going, "Hey, pay attention to us. Pay attention to us, right?" And you know, I would submit all kinds of stuff, and I wouldn't hear anything back. And and you know what? But then I learned that you know what, being a crybaby is not the way to get things done. And you know what? Being a partner and helping and keeping journalism alive by doing a little bit of advertising, spending a little bit of money, you know, gets somebody to say, hey, you know what? We see you out there. Yeah. Right? Your listeners should understand that buying advertising doesn't get you coverage, but being a partner makes Absolutely. it a lot easier. And we've written 65,000 articles over the years. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we have a very small staff. So our editorial department is about five people. Very busy. And we're putting out, you know, a hundred pieces of content a week. Yeah. Uh, but we also have to run this as a for-profit business, 
right? I mean, it costs almost. Hey man, you gotta, you gotta it costs pay. almost two hundred thousand dollars a month to run on Milwaukee, and that is just that's almost all in employees. Yeah. So it's not. This isn't a nonprofit uh, convention and visitors bureau. Um, so it, when when we have a chance to work with like minded businesses. Um, it makes us. It makes it easier for us to to see the stories that maybe we wouldn't find organically. Right. I mean, PR is a lot more than saying why isn't someone writing about right, us exactly. or sending out news releases. It's and about that's, building relationships. And that's and that was. I mean, honestly, that was my my misstep. And you know, and I know Lori, and I'd run into Lori at events, and she's great, and I love I love her writing, and she's a. You know, it's funny because you know when I when I would run into Lori, happenstance. You know, it was it was almost like what what occurred to me is like, well, we're almost top of mind, and we and we ended up in thank God it's Friday, right? And I'm like, okay, wait a second, a little light bulb goes on, you know, and I call Bobby, hey Bobby, here's the details of our Black Friday releases, and you know what? And that was included. So it was about, you know what? I guess as a small business, and my advice to anybody who's listening who's a small business, you have to be proactive and build some relationships. Relationships are huge. Yeah. Because out of this. We became good friends. Yeah, no, and I, I, I was where I was, where I was going with this whole thing is that one day Andy walks in to talk to me, and we find that we're very like minded. We're very of the same. We love Milwaukee. I'm not from Milwaukee, and I lived I, outside of Milwaukee for my, ten years. My 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 dad was an army guy. We lived all over, but I I chose to live in Milwaukee, I did too. not because I was born here. Because I just love the city. It's real. It's friendly. It's quiet. It's clean. You know, and it's it's an amazing place to show off to people. My my family's originally from Tampa, Florida, and that's where since I was you know four years old, I've only gone to Tampa, Florida, and I chose to live here in Milwaukee. And I and it's because it's so genuine. It's such a small town, big city. I walk around downtown. I, I can't. It's hard for me to go to a bar and not see somebody I know. I know that as a fact because I've been to bars with you, and it's pretty true. amazing, right? And you make amazing beer. Thank you. Which you know, by the way, if your beer sucked, this would be a very different story. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, the reality is um, that we made a beer in honor. Explorium made a beer in honor of on Milwaukee. Um, it's called a hazelnut brown ale. Um, it's their 25th anniversary beer, and Andy and I have uh, partaken in a couple of these um, prior and during this podcast. I'm blown away. It's super cool. Um, so I'm holding the can in my hand, admiring it. Um, the um, the classic on Milwaukee Honebridge arches, as well as the classic fonts, and it just is. It's it's a, to me, it's a little retro. And so are we. So it's okay. And, and, or old, depending on how you... Um, so let, a little bit about this beer. Um, it's the fall. Brown ales are really the king in the fall. Um, we have Oktoberfest lagers. We have Oktoberfest fest beers, um, which we tend to make, we, we, even though we lager our fest beer. But we want to do something a little different. We wanted to incorporate um, some sort of... Um, flora that's native to Wisconsin, so we've incorporated the hazelnut. And I know Bobby is, is like a huge hazelnut guy, and he was one of the driving forces behind this. I've seen him collect hazelnuts yes. before. And Bobby was insistent that we use a, um, a little piece of Wisconsin that's native and not an invasive, so we included the hazelnuts in here, and this is just a delightfully smooth, clean, little bit of hazelnut flavor in the background. 
Um, don't think Nutella. Think no. just a little more hint of hazelnut in the back. And this is going to be a really great fall beer. And it's really a celebration of you, your staff, all the hard work you do, and showcasing small business in Milwaukee. I'm telling you, Mike, this is like the coolest day of my career. And I was telling you that like I wrote in the, in the White House limo with the President of the United States, but I've never had a can of beer with my logo on it that was designed by my staff and, and produced by a partner. And this is like the freshest beer one could ever have. This went through the bottling or canning today. Today. I'm, I'm like literally it, I'm like an hour at, ago. I'm looking at a logo that was designed by Jason McDowell. It was spruced up by you guys who, who make who make logos. And I mean, we walked into this cooler room and out, popped open a, a can of beer. Like I'm having, I'm having a moment. Yeah. It's amazing, man. Well, cheers to you. Cheers, cheers to 25 years. Cheers to you, partner and friend. I, how, how are people going to get this? I mean, I, I'm going to all right, take so, a bunch of it myself. Okay, so besides, um, I'm sure you're going to do some events with this beer. Absolutely, and we are going to do a party. Yes. We're going to do a 25th anniversary party this fall, because all year is on a, Milwaukee's 25th anniversary. A party TBD. TBD. Um, this beer is available right now at both Exploring Brew publications. Um, but uh, you know what? Look for the party. It's going to be a good time. Cheers to you. Hey, I got, I, I got a question for you. We made a bunch of it. But this is not going to last forever, right? So this is like something people should jump yes. on and get. No, it, it's pretty limited. Um, the, what, what we have, we have. When it's gone, it's gone. Um, if you get some cans, uh, make sure you save one or two for the 50th anniversary. Will it last that long, you think? We will. We'll be there. One of us. We'll, we'll be in the nursing home. Whether the beer home, or the, the, but, the, the yeah, we'll, will last 25 years. We'll be there. Thanks for having me on this. this My pleasure, man. fun, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. The Explorium Brew Pub has two locations in the Milwaukee area and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Be sure to check out our website at exploriumbrew.com and follow us on social media at Explorium Brew. Cheers! <laughs>